Turn with me to Psalm chapter 1. We're going to be looking at this psalm and also a number of other verses throughout Scripture. We're going to jump from them kind of quickly in a number of different ways as we look at this this morning. We're going to start with Psalm chapter 1, starting in verse 1. It says this, Blessed is the, the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and, also, and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. That last verse, and I want that. I want to be like that tree that is just planted, being fed, that's yielding fruit, not withering, and that whatever put my hand to, it prospers. That's my desire, and I imagine it's probably yours as well. And so as we think about rhythms today, this is beginning rhythm as we offer up a rhythm today, I want you to be thinking about that tree planted by the river. Now, I love um, watching people. I am a people watcher, uh, not in a creepy way, uh, but I think people are really interesting. Is that, uh, especially in church, being around the church as long as I have, uh, you start looking and noticing different things. One of my favorite uh, things to watch is people clapping in church, not just like congratulations like we just did, but when there's songs and the team invites you to clap along, I love watching you. Because some people have great rhythm and can keep a beat. And then there's others that are like, (sighs) you just get off and then you get back on and you're like, what do do I do? And it's just fun to watch you because you're so enthusiastic. Uh, You want to participate in clapping along, but you just cannot keep a beat or rhythm. And that's me. I fully acknowledge that. Uh, I find that joy because I'm that person. And this has been something that I've acknowledged uh, and accepted, and I can say uh, to you very publicly that I cannot keep a beat or rhythm. When uh, 10, 12 years ago, I asked John, I said, hey, John, can you teach me to play the drums? Because when I grew up, I wanted to be like Elijah Smith. I don't know if he's in here. There he is. I wanted to be like Elijah Smith, uh, who's a great drummer. And I was like, that would be just super cool. And so John said, all right, here's the basic rhythm, basic beat. Just do this, and we'll build upon it. Guess what? I could not do this basic beat, this basic rhythm. And uh, John, in all his patience, uh, he, he, just, uh, he's, he just said, all right, we'll try it again. And uh, that was the last time that I drummed was that one day because I realized, and I think John realized far before I did, that I was not going to be able to do this. But even going back further into high school, uh, I tried out for a musical. Yes, a musical. And I auditioned. And it was The Wiz. Uh, And I thought, this would be awesome. I get to sing and dance and uh, be on stage. And my friend was choreographing the show. And I thought, for sure, I'm going to get a great dancing part. And everyone's going to be really impressed with all my dancing skills. And so I tried out. And for as deep as our friendship I thought it was, uh, let me show you the part um, uh, that I got here. Monkeys do not dance, they hop around the stage. And it doesn't even matter which one I was. I was one of those monkeys. I'm not even sure which one I was. 
but I was a monkey in the musical The Wiz, hopping around the stage with zero dancing. So once again, my skill with rhythm and uh, beat and that ability was just not even close. And I admire it. All of you who have these abilities, I admire it. It's just so far from my repertoire. But often when we think about rhythm, we think of music, like I just demonstrated. But we all have certain rhythms in our life. We breathe. It is a rhythm. It is a pattern that we have. You have schedules. You have uh, plans that you keep, things that you do throughout the day, these rhythms or rituals or routines that move you throughout the day. And as followers of Jesus, apprenticing to Jesus, following in his way, we need rhythms as well. Because rhythms are the greatest way that we can grow as followers of Christ that we get into these rhythms, these patterns of life where we again and again are walking and being shaped by these rhythms. Now, philosophers throughout time have talked about rhythms or what we contemplate. Uh, Plato and Augustine and, and many others, um, they talked about this phrase, is what we contemplate is what we become. What we contemplate is what we become. So what is it that we think on? What is it that we, uh, we, we process again and again? We say again and again, and it's what we become. But Paul, too, wrestled with this concept in Scripture. For example, Paul in 1 Corinthians, he said, we have the mind of Christ. So what he's thinking about. What we contemplate is what we gaze upon, what we think about, what occupies our, our mind. In Philippians, Paul said, in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. So again, this mindset. Paul continued by writing in Colossians, he said, set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. In Romans 12, he said, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So you're setting your mind on things above. And he said also to be renewed in your mind. In Philippians 4, he said to guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So Paul is saying, hey, we have the mind of Christ, and we should have the mindset of Christ towards others. So we need to set our minds on things above, be renewed in our mind, and to guard our mind in Christ Jesus. So that causes us to ask the question, or we should ask the question, what is it that our minds are on? What is it that we're contemplating? What is it that we're looking at, that we're processing again and again? What is it that we're hearing that is shaping us and forming us? And if someone were to follow you around this week, um, hope, yeah, never mind. Uh, if they were to follow you around and watch your habits and your patterns, what would they see? What would they see you doing? How would you eat, exercise? What do you watch? What do you read? What do you speak upon? Like, what is these, these patterns that you are doing? And these things shape us and they give us certain direction. For example, how many of you feel busy? Yes. Well, we probably feel busy. I have my hand as well because we have to-do lists, right? I'm guessing a lot of you that raised your hands, you have to-do lists. And what I do is I am constantly thinking on my to-do list or looking at my to-do list. I'm like, I have all these things to do. So I feel busy. So what I'm contemplating is shaping us. What about fear or anxiousness or worry? Anyone ever have fear, anxiousness, or worry? All right, yep, me too. Again, what are you contemplating? Is it about that thing that may happen or that thing that did happen and then these other things could happen that is shaping this worry or fear, this unknown? 
It's what we contemplate. It's what we shape, it shapes us. And a really beautiful thing is that God created us, as Nick was talking about earlier. We're formed in his image. God knew us before we were born. But he also allowed us and created us to adapt. Is that our brains, the way we think, can change. It's pliable. The term is neuroplasticity. Is that the neurons and the synapses and how that all works together is that we can be wired and then rewired and then rewired again and rewired again by what we think on. We can continually have our mind renewed. Now, Scripture didn't use the word neuroplasticity, but it was talking about this renewing of the mind. This is the way God formed us and shaped us. He designed us to change. And so our number one rhythm today, our first rhythm that we're talking about is daily devotion. Not daily devotions, but daily devotion to the word of God is that this is the first rhythm that we build into, is being devoted to the word of God on a daily basis. A number of years ago, I posed, if you knew doing one thing every single day would radically transform your life, would you do it? And when I posed that question, I was like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And what we've talked about since that point is making one daily decision when it comes to scripture. Make one daily decision to engage the word of God and it will transform your life. And so today, I want to talk about what does it mean to look into the Word, to be devoted to it on a daily basis? What does it mean to open our heart and our mind to the Word? And I'm going to make two assumptions here this morning. The first assumption is this. I believe that you know you should read your Bible. I believe you know that. You've probably heard that again and again. And even as I talk about a daily devotion to the Word, you're like, oh no, this is going to be a guilt ridden message. It's not the intent by any means. I believe you know you should read the Word of God. And I also believe that you know it has the potential to be a powerful force in your life, something that could really transform you. So I'm going to make those two assumptions as we talk. But really what I want to address is more the how questions, is, is how can we read it? And also how do we allow it to transform us? And so today, I'm not talking about Bible study. I'm not talking about reading large chunks of Scripture. I'm talking about reading the Word, processing it and praying it, and then applying it. And so for some of you, you're like, I'm doing that. I got it. Just sit and smile. The rest of us, let's see what God wants to, to speak into us. So again, the psalmist. Let's walk through Psalm chapter 1, these first three verses. Is, begins with this, blessed or blessed. This means happy. I think we want to be happy. As followers of Christ, one of the fruit of the Spirit is, is joy. And joy is something that the Spirit forms in us. So we can have joy in the hardest of situations, but we may not be happy. But what the psalmist is talking about here is this happiness that comes, this emotion that flows out of us. And it says this, blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers. And so these verses right here are talking about the way we live life, what we choose to do, what we contemplate. And so we look at this and we say, it says, does not walk in step with the wicked. 
So it's where we're going, what we're doing, how we're moving throughout life. Or stand in the way that sinners take. Ways that we've just decided that, yeah, it may be sin, maybe not, but I'm still going to stand in this. I'm going to do this. Or we sit in the company of mockers. We sit around people who are speaking things and we're speaking things that are just not healthy or biblical. And so these ways, it says this, it says, blessed or happy is the one who is not walking in step with the wicked, who's not standing in the way of sinners, and who's not sitting in the company of mockers. So it's where we're at and what we're doing and how we're moving through life brings about happiness. So who are we around? How are we engaging these environments? And then in verse 2, there is a word that transitions this here, and I very intentionally use the word and say, this is a big but here in verse 2, okay? This is, this is big here, right? Is that but whose delight is in the law of the Lord? Whose delight is in the law of the Lord? So these are things that people can choose to do, but, but it's about the delight in the law of the Lord. And delight may or may not be a word that you use when it comes to reading scripture. Because delight means pleasure or desire. And for some of you, you're like, oh, I just love reading the word. It's just so great. I just love getting in there. I just can't get enough of it. And others of you are like, oh, it just doesn't make sense. I'm confused. It just, it's empty words. It's like, it just, there's just nothing there. It doesn't keep my attention. And it says this, it says, who meditates on his law day and night. And so it's saying that there's delight that can come from the word of God for those who ponder it or imagine it, who speak it, who talk it, who contemplate it. Delight is found when we contemplate the word of God. We contemplate all sorts of things around us, but do we contemplate the word of God? Do we allow it just to sit in us? Do we allow ourselves just to, to have the Spirit of God process it. Last year, at some point, Joanna brought home a, a jar of honey from a, a local person, and it sat in our cupboard for a while, and then I started using it, and I realized how wonderful it, it really is. And I started putting it in things, but uh, what I started doing is I started going out to the kitchen and just getting a spoon and, and pouring it out on the spoon and just taking spoonfuls of honey. I don't even think my family, nope, they don't know that. I just looked at them. So <laughs> they didn't even know that. I was sneaking out there. And with honey, it just sits, right? There's that sweetness. And it's not like water where it just rushes down. It just, it coats your mouth. And it's present there. You contemplate the taste of honey. And so what the psalmist is getting at here is there is a contemplation, a sweetness to the words. And in Psalm 119, it says this. It says, how sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. I gain understanding from your precepts. Therefore, I hate every wrong path. And the ancient rabbis would, would pull out the, the word of God, the Torah, to teach their students and they would have the students taste honey, and then they would read the word of God. And it was this in building into them that there's a sweetness to the word of God. And it's for gaining understanding. And therefore, when we have the sweetness of the word of God within us, we hate every wrong path. We recognize where we're standing, where we're sitting, where we're walking with mockers and sinners. We understand that. 
And so the intent of the word is for us to devote ourselves to the word. And the psalmist in verse 3, he goes back to the, the image of the tree. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither, and whatever they do prospers. Now you may be still thinking, well, that has maybe been an experience you've had or someone else has had, but you may be thinking, I've not had that experience with Scripture. I don't know how to read it. I don't know where to go with it. It's not like honey at all. Professor Howard Hendricks, who was a professor long ago, he, he said, reading the Word of God is really like three stages, and maybe you've experienced this. And the first thing he compared it to is something that I had to go look up and see what it was, and that was castor oil. Does anyone know what castor oil is? Supposedly, supposedly, it's good for you, and you use it to treat a lot of different things. So he used it. He said the first stage of Bible reading is like castor oil. It's good for you, but it's not enjoyable. Anyone that's had castor oil agree that castor oil is not enjoyable? Yep, there's a few people there. All right. And he said the second stage, it's more like cereal. I uh, recently bought a box of Wheaties. I've not had Wheaties since I was a kid. And I'm like, I'm going to try this again. And he said the second one is like cereal. And this is how I describe Wheaties. is dry and uninteresting, but nourishing, right? Someone walking out was like, try grape nuts too. Yeah. So he says that it starts with this castor oil. It's good for you, but not necessarily enjoyable. And then it moves to the cereal stage of, okay, it's nourishing my soul. It's transforming me, but there's still, it's still a little dry. I'm not really putting the pieces together. And then Howard Hendricks said, this final stage is like peaches and cream. It's like dessert. You're feasting on the word of God. There's that sweetness, that nourishment that's there, and you just want more and more of it. Now, the, the castor oil to cereal to peaches and cream, that has been my experience with the word of God in my lifetime, and honestly, in the last month as well. Because there are times that I engage the word and it's like, okay, I know I need to do this, but it is just not connecting. And there's other times where I'm like, I, it, it, I'm reading this, but mm, I don't know. And then there's other times where it's just like, this is amazing. So wherever you're at, don't give up. Because for me, reading the word of God is like this. But it's a continual process because I know it's good for me. I know it's nourishing and there's these seasons and times where it's just like feasting. But it's important to have that daily devotion. Jesus said it this way in John chapter 8. He said, uh, if you hold, put in there, he says, if you hold to my teaching, you really are my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And this word hold here, it means to stay in or abide or to remain. If you stay in that teaching, you're his disciple. And the truth will be there in the word, and that truth will set you free. Someone said it this way, is that when you know the word of God, you will know the will of God for your life. When you know the word of God, you will know the will of God for your life. It's not about searching for this hidden thing that God just keeps hiding from you, but it's about engaging the word and seeing what is there. Jesus continued to teach in John 15. He said, remain in me, and I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. In Luke, 
Jesus, it says, then he said to them all, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. Deny yourself and take up your cross daily and follow him. God is speaking to us, and he's given us the word to reveal himself to us. And there are many different methods of reading the Bible, and again, you can find many different ones. But what I want to do today is I want to send you out of here with one, one way. And so I'm going to give you five words to walk you through what this could look like. And so the first word is this, is pray. Before you engage the word of God, before you devote yourself daily to the word, is pray. God, make me attentive to you and your word. I wish I could just sit down and look at it and just be locked in, but my mind is racing all the time. And so even this morning, as I sat down and looked into the Word, I I sat and I looked out the window and just calmed myself for a moment. Just said, God, make me attentive to your Word and to you. And just slow yourself. And maybe you need a few minutes just to sit and be. And so you pray being attentive to the Word. Second thing, and we're going to walk through these quickly here, is to read, is to read the word. Not someone else's words about the word, but to read the word. You don't know where to start? Gospel of John to learn about Jesus. If you're looking for wisdom, James or Proverbs. If you're looking for insight and the highs and lows of following God, look into the Psalms. You'll find the lowest of lows and the highest of highs. Look into John or James, Proverbs or Psalms. Read the word. And when you read it, you may need to go back and read it again because maybe your mind wandered. Read it again and read it slow. The third thing is to meditate on the word of God. Think of a passage like Colossians 3 where it says, let the message of Christ dwell among you richly. Let it just sit there. Let it be present. Wrestle with the word. Chew on the word. Just what is the word speaking. So when we fly by it, we don't take the time to process it. We may read it, but we don't process it. And then the fourth thing is pray. Yes, pray again. Is now that you've read it and you've processed it a little bit with meditating on it, pray. God, what are you teaching? What are you speaking? And praying is not just speaking, it is listening. So sit there again and listen. What is being said? And then the fifth thing is this is to apply it. Apply the word. And what is the application for my life? If your word is living and active, like it says it is, what is the application? What am I to do with it? And to write it down. Now, when you go to the word, I would encourage you also to have a journal. I love there was a facilitator in one of the rooted groups who told me this morning that they bought journals for everyone in their group so that they could have the journal to process and to write things down. And so maybe you have a piece of paper next to you, and I often do that, is that when I'm here reading and meditating and and praying, is I'll write down a word or two from Scripture that stands out. But I'll also have a second list, because maybe you're like this. Maybe as you're reading the word, you're like, oh yeah, I gotta get milk at the store. Oh, that's right, I gotta call this person. Oh, I forgot to email this person. Those are normal realities, but often they can draw our attention elsewhere. And so you can have a second column in your journal that says, milk, call such and such. Email such and such, and just leave it there and go back to the word. Don't beat yourself up that your mind wanders. Mind wanders all the time. Is just have another list, and you can go back to that later. And so write these things down. All right, 
So what are the, the five here? Pray, read, meditate, pray, and apply. Now, I flew through these because in the next few minutes, I want to walk through these together. And we're going to do this again very quickly. You should do this in a much slower pace, uh, but we're going to do this quickly just to show you how this is done. Okay? So we're going to do this right now. All right, so what's the first thing we're going to do? We go to the Word. We devote ourselves daily. What is this? Pray. All right, I'm going to pray. Gracious God, merciful Father, as we come to your word, Lord, even just in the few minutes that we're going to spend here looking at your word, I pray that your spirit would reveal to us, God, your heart. Lord, that you would slow us as our minds may be thinking about other things. But God, that you would make us attentive to you. Lord, that you'd also make us attentive to your word. Lord, I trust that you are going to speak through your word. Lord, I just open my heart and my mind to you. Pray this in your name. Amen. All right, so we just prayed. You can spend more time in prayer. You can just say a simple prayer. What's the next thing? Read. We're going to read something. All right, we're going to read from... uh, our 49 weeks in the Word that we've been posting through the weekly and through online. And uh, if you get that or don't get that, don't worry about it right now. I'm just going to say this is, this is our verse for today. And so we're going to read this verse from Psalm 91, verse 2. So I'm going to invite you, if you have a Bible, tablet, phone, to turn to Psalm 91, 2. It is also on the screen. So I'll give you a moment to turn there. And I'm going to ask someone who can project their voice to stand and read it, please. Who can project their voice to stand and read it. I don't care what translation you have. Bill, thank you. All right, excellent, Bill. Can I have you stand just a moment here again? Slowly this time. And that's very normal. See, again, we can read through things. I do this all the time. Um, But we're going to read it slow, and uh, I want you to just listen to the word here again. All right, thank you, sir. Appreciate that, Bill. All right, so we have prayed, and again, we take more time normally. I'm going to keep saying that. Uh, We have read. What's the third thing? What was it? Meditate. Yep. So this is processing. This is thinking about it. It's looking at a word or a phrase. I'm really chewing on the word. So why don't you take the next minute or two and look at it on the screen or in the scripture. What word or phrase or what just seems to pop off the the page there. So meditate on it for the next minute or so.
All right, I'm going to ask you to speak out, and I'm going to repeat it for the people who are watching at home, what you say. What word or phrase stands out? Just what word or phrase stands out to you? In whom I trust. Refuge and fortress. Fortress. Will say. My God. He is. He is. Notice that of the probably five or six different people who said different things, they all said something different, and you may have a different word or a phrase that stands out. And this is that meditation is what is drawing your attention to it. Why is that word? This is where we transition to the next part, is this prayer part. We pray on it again. Is, God, what is it, if you've pulled out fortress, like someone said, God, what is it about the word fortress that you are desiring for my heart to hear today? Or I will say, what is that? And so what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna pause And whatever that word or phrase is, that you take a moment and you pray and ask God, what is it about this word or phrase? And you just sit on that for a moment. Remember, prayer is, yes, it's speaking, but it's also listening. So take a moment to pray uh, why that stood out. All right, once again, I'm going to ask uh, if anyone wants to share the why that stood out. Uh, We're not quite yet to the apply part, um, but maybe something that, just in that short amount of prayer, what stood out there? Actually, I take that back. Let me transition into the application, because that does connect well. Um, I didn't mean to leave that apart there. What is the application out of this for you? Just in the short while, what is the application? What are you applying? Or how are you applying this to your life? Yeah. So what was just said is that she can look to her husband or her family for Um, for refuge, but really it's God who is that true refuge, that safe place. So looking to God beyond just people around you. What, What other application?
Yes. Yes, I will try to summarize it the best I can. Likes the word my because she doesn't need to run to anyone else um, to depend on God or go to God is that she can go to God um, directly and intentionally and personally. So the word my. So this week is knowing that God is near, that, that type of application. Good. One other person. What's another application out of something that stood out of here? Absolutely. So in whom I trust. So he said, no matter what storm pops up this week or today, we can trust in God. Okay, so what we just did took probably less than 10 minutes. Every single one of us has 10 minutes in our day that we waste doing numerous things. And so whether it's 10 minutes or whether it's an hour, we have an opportunity to hear from God and his word. We have the opportunity for the sweetness is that for me, this word trust, that's the same word that I've just been mulling over again and again this morning is trust, is that today when I walk, no matter what happens, I can trust in him. And so we have this opportunity to look into the word, to have the word speak to us. Now, I didn't hear the audible voice of God in this room, and maybe you did, but God spoke through his word, spoke to our heart. So how do we hear from God? We hear it by engaging the word in a slow process, letting it just dwell within us, letting it just ruminate over us. And this is an intentional opportunity we have every single day with God. And so I encourage you, like you schedule other things, whether it's the first thing in the morning or the last thing at night or at lunch or whenever it is for you, that you would sit, you would pray and read and meditate and pray again and then apply it that you would take the time to allow the word to speak through you, just slowly over time, it comes through. And as I was thinking about clapping, where we started, as I was thinking about drums, as I was thinking about my failed attempt to be a professional dancer, those were a lot of things that I gave up on because they were hard, because they didn't come naturally, and it was frustrating. And for many of you, you have been frustrated when engaging the word of God. You have started and stopped and started and stopped and started and stopped. And I encourage you to let the word of God just wash over you and in you and that it's an ongoing pattern, a rhythm of your life moving forward. That you begin today and tomorrow you do it again. Whether it's like the castor oil or cereal or like peaches and cream, that it's one more day because you're gonna have that opportunity. Paul tells us there's two important realities from daily devotion to the word of God in 2 Timothy 3. And I close with this scripture. He says this, But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of, because you know that those from whom you have learned it, and how from infancy you have known the holy scriptures, which are able to, number one, make you wise for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. Verse 16 says this, all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may, here's the second reason, may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. See, the word of God makes us wise to salvation and the word of God is for equipping. 
each and every one of us. So may you be equipped as we walk in the word and we build this rhythm into our life. Let's pray. Merciful Father, God, I thank you that you have not left us alone. Lord, you've not hidden your will or your way or who you are from us. But Father, you've given us the gift of the Holy Spirit. And Lord, you've also given us your word. And so, Father, this day and this week, I pray that we would have the mind of Christ, the mindset of Christ. Um, God, that we would be like that tree planted by that stream of living water, had bearing fruit in season and not withering. And, Lord, finding Lord, success in what we put our hands to. God, for your glory and your name. I pray for each person here who hears these words, who may be discouraged or have been discouraged, um, Lord, that your grace and mercy would just flow all over them. And Lord, that this would be received as an invitation to know you better. Lord, this week as um, different worries or concerns surround us that we so willingly contemplate, uh, Father, I pray that it be your word that we contemplate, that we would, as the word said today, that we would trust that you would be our refuge and our fortress. Lord, that we would return to you, our God my God. So Father, we love you. We're so grateful for your word, so grateful for the work that you're doing in us and through us. Lord, we pray that all glory and honor would be given to your name. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.